Or draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week are Reese Haldane. Reese, how are you? You well? I am very well, actually. Managed to catch both the games at the weekend, Scotland and Thistle. Both just as bad as each other. Very boring games of football, but two victories at the end of the day. Not more you can ask for. There is not. Jamie McDonald's here. Jamie, how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Thistle uh, and Scotland both winning at the weekend, like Reese said. Good time. And running off our panel is David Forrest. David, how are you? I'm doing well. Um, I wasn't as smart as everybody else and had a 15-hour round journey to go to Shunra on Saturday, but um, I, it was, I, I'm, I'm doing well. You did get an excellent Twitter thread out of it, though, to be fair. So. At Viano14. <laughs> um, as always, we'll just start by looking at the team selection. We discussed last week with a few players away on international duty. So, Reese. Any surprises in the starting 11 for you on Saturday, Dennis, do No, nah, not really, to be honest. Um, I know we spoke about it last week. We wanted to keep a bit of consistency about the team, and it's pretty much as you were, bar the exclusion of Rudden, um, which we all expected, and I was happy, as I said, to see Cammy Smith start. Um, and the only one that, that I probably would have changed, I would have liked to have seen Graham continue to start, his, uh, start the game. Um, I'm a big fan of McIver, and I did think he put himself about well. He was just unlucky not to score, really. And he's, he's a great option in there as well. That if he wins all of his flick-ons. I don't know how he does it. He's, he's not the tallest player, but he's got a massive nut. So he puts himself about... Um, aye. With a team, I was pretty happy. And I was also <laughs> I also said we'd probably see a couple of youngsters off the bench. I think we had five academy graduates on the bench. Obviously, two of them made their debut, I think. One of them just turned 16. I know he was 15 when he was playing the pre-season games. Um, I, I don't think you can actually make a competitive debut until you're 16, so I reckon he's just turned 16. Really good for the future. Yeah, all in all, p- pretty positive with the, the starting lineup. Guys that needed minutes in their legs got it. Um, it just gives us more options going forward, more competition for places, and more of a selection headache for McCall. Jamie, what did you make of the performances of the players that did come into the team on Saturday? Reese has already mentioned Ross McKeever and Cammy Smith. What, what did you think of those guys that came into the team? Yeah, I thought McIver, um he had quite a few chances. I thought he was pretty unlucky not to score. I think maybe one of his chances led to the corner that Akinola scored from. But uh, yeah, I thought, he, I thought he had an all right game. Definitely some of the better ones, but I don't, I don't think he was bad. Cammy Smith, uh, if I'm honest, I was a bit disappointed in him because I really wanted him to start alongside McIver. I wanted both of them to get some minutes. I mean, he had a lot of shots and he kind of messed up a few chances, especially one I think he was about six yards out and he took too long to pull the trigger and I think he got blocked or saved or something. I was in the queue for the stall at the time, so I couldn't really see it properly. But uh, I don't think it was his best game. There's definitely more to come from him. He's got a lot to offer, so I'm not judging him solely on that. Connor Murray came in for a start and I, I've been oh, impressed yeah. with Murray this season, but I thought I thought he was miles off on Saturday, to be honest. Yeah, I thought yeah, that's the point. Yeah, I completely forgot about Conor Murray. And it kind of shows you. He didn't have the biggest impact on the game. 
I thought his delivery from crosses wasn't great. Quite a few of them got hit off the first man or just were, had far too much on it and went out for a goal kick or an easy catch for the keeper. But yeah, it wasn't his best game either. So the, the players did all right who came in. None of them had fantastic games. McKeever was probably the best out of the lot. But I don't know, it was not the most uh, exciting performance overall, but we'll take it. One's a one. David, you said last week you were slightly concerned at the, the prospect of facing the bottom side in week two. You said... That's a typical sort of banana skin cup game. Were you ever nervous after the the, the kickoff on Saturday? Oh, I'm not going to lie. We there was at least two occasions where we were really lucky. Like um, Jamie Sneddon pulled off two insane saves. One of them was just like a pot shot, but like Sneddon had to like reach across the goal to get it, and it's like it was at one 0 Like because we went one 0 up. After 15, 20 minutes, so like, I think everyone in the game was like, all right, it's just going to be like the last time we came in Stranra, 5-0, something like that. It's really easy because they hadn't threatened us whatsoever. And then they got a bit more into the game and they had, there was two chances there they could have scored if it wasn't for Steden pulling off mad saves. And if one of those had went in and it goes to one each and you're kind of faltering and Stranra get the win beneath them, I, I definitely would not have been surprised if they had pulled it back, to be honest. I was kind of a bit concerned when we were still 1-0 up at like 89 minutes that we could concede uh, an equaliser because Stranraer weren't great, but they did have spells where they, they did chuck chances in and we we looked a bit lacklustre. Um, but no, I think Jamie, Jamie Sneddon bailed us out a little bit um, on Saturday with the two saves that he made because they were unreal. I don't even know if they made the highlights, to be fair, but they were fantastic. Yeah, if, if Sneddon hadn't made those saves... It could have been a completely different story, to be honest. Um, I, so I can't pretend it was easy street all the time for me. You know, I'm glad we won, but it was we made it far harder for ourselves than we really needed to make it. Before we move on to talk about the sort of the consistencies we want to see in the team after Saturday in the last couple of weeks, I want to just keep on the Challenge Cup for a moment. Reese, how important is the Challenge Cup? We've got Queen of the South away in the next round. They were the team we, we played last time we got to the final of this tournament. Nine seasons ago now, it was in 2013, so it'll be nine nine years ago by the time the final comes around this time. That was the year we got promoted. Do you think the two go hand in hand, like the momentum from the Cup can help be in the league, or are you not too fussed about the Challenge Cup this season? In terms of momentum, you can look at it both ways. Uh, it can kind of stall your progression in the league when you're trying to build up a bit of momentum. But at the same time, if you're good enough, if your team's good enough, and you're battling teams week out, uh, week in, week out in the league, you can quite easily adapt that to play it in the cup, and it can just help build confidence. And you look at the format that this cup's taken this year, the the fixtures have already been drawn, so we know our route to the final. And <laughs> touch wood, we've got a pretty favourable run to the final. Probably Queen the South is probably the toughest team we'll face. So if we get through this, then you start looking forward. Um, in terms of the cup competition, it's... It is good for the lower league teams, but it doesn't become good until the latter stages. Because, see, if, if I'm being totally honest with you, if we got knocked out at the weekend, obviously I, I'd have been annoyed. But you're over it in about five minutes, you know what I mean? It's the Ramsey Cup. The further you get on, when you hit the semi-final stage, right, you want to win it. Because it's a massive day out for any club. You look at the last time we went there, that was a huge day for the club. One of my best days following Thistle. Um, seven, eight, nine thousand Jags fans at Almondville that day just... The whole day was just red and yellow, sea of red and yellow everywhere. And you look back, 122nd-minute equaliser, there's fans on the pitch, like, just what a doubt that was. So I'd love to see us back there again. Um, and even 
couple of seasons ago when we made the semis, the game against Rafe Rovers, there was a real buzz about for Hill that day. Obviously, we fell short on that occasion, but I, I hope we make it to the final this year. Lift a trophy that we've never actually won before. It'd be a nice touch. I'm sort of with you. I think it's an interesting comparison to the League Cup because I think when we were in the Premiership, the League Cup always looked not an e- like an easy run to the latter stages, but an easier run than it does now just because we were the seeded team. Now this does look like by far our best chance to win a cup. And as you said, Reece, the, the route to the final looks all right. And I think if you're winning games week in, week out, and it's the chance to give guys like Murray, Smith, minutes in the legs, keep them happy, it is a good thing. And I we don't win many cups. So I think it'd be a, a great thing to to do hand-in-hand hand with our league form this season. David, did you want to come in there? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, looking at the format, however, it's likely we're going to probably get Morton in the quarterfinals. So that's that's always a good game. Like, no, this will be Morton. It's always a good game and a very, an eminently winnable game for us. It's probably going to be Cove away in the semi-finals, based on the trajectory, if you look at it. Which, again, I don't think any of us have ever been to Cove. So that's one, to, you know, you're going to be excited about that because it's a ground you've never been to against a team that like you know we can I think by that time when you get to the semi-finals your season's already kind of in stone as to whether you're going to be challenging or not at that point you have momentum or you don't and at that point if we are kind of flying in the league a little bit and we get to like a semi-final we cove away that'll be someday and then obviously a final or whatever uh, w- would be great as well but no I think like the, the prospect of like a quarter-final against Morton well that will be a tasty game if, if it pans out and I think the Queen of South came as well. I mean, I think if, if we were to go and win it, you're going to look back and you're going to go, that was a, a, a was a great run. Obviously, the game at Stranraer maybe wasn't the best, but the game against like Dumfries away, then Morton, then possibly Cove away, and then the final. Like you will have great memories of that if it pans out. Um, so I, I definitely, Ian McCall. I, I believe Ian McCall went to the Ramsons Cup final, even though he wasn't like our manager at the time. He went as a punter and got the train with the fans and stuff like that. So he he knows exactly what this competition is about and how much it can mean to a team if you get to the latter stages. So I think if ever if that would be great, a great poignancy about it. If Ian McCall, the man who went to the Ramsons Cup final, where he got beat as a punter, then went on to lift the trophy with us, I think that would be a a great, very romantic fairy tale. And I think that. The way that the draw is, and you can get really excited about it. And yeah, uh, you find that it's teams in like the top four or five in the championship generally pan out towards the, the last stages anyway. So when you get to a point, it's kind of like, you know, make a tilt for it a wee day out, we can win a trophy. There's no reason why they can't win it. Jamie? I mean, yeah, I agree. I know obviously the leagues are bread and butter, and that's what truly matters this season. And people do call the Challenge Cup like a daddy. Diddy Cup, Diddy Trophy, stupid tournament, but it's a chance to win some silverware. And like I already mentioned, it's a trophy that Festival have never won before. We've only ever got to the final once. I mean, there's aspects of it I don't like, such as having Colt teams in it, which personally I hate. But imagine how class a day it would be. Like it's already been said, a day to the final would be fantastic for this club. Last time we made it to the final, we won the first division the same season. And the buzz around the club at that point was, you know, it was fantastic. Winning the first division get into a final of a cup if we could do something similar again this season or even go one further and I mean it's not impossible win both would bring some buzz to the club it'd be fantastic it'd be a season you'd never ever forget I don't know if this will ever done I don't know they can't have they've never done some uh, double I don't think they never won any two domestic trophies in one season unless 
some small trophy I'm forgetting, like 30 years ago or something. But that kind of thing would it be you know, good in the history books of a club was a, an amazing season. It would just be fantastic all round. So I want us to take it seriously. And as Reese said, we have got quite a favourable draw. Uh, we won the double before, mate. We won um, the first division in 2012-13 and we won the ARR pre-season tournament. Respect is due. That get polished in the trophy room every weekend. <laughs> I think the Challenge Cup is a Diddy Cup when you get knocked out, but I think the thousands of fans that went to the final in 2013, like it's not a Diddy Cup when you're in the final. Um, we'll move. We'll move on back to league duty. We've got Inverness on Saturday away from home. It's a top of the table clash. First versus second. Inverness have won all four league games one 0 so far. Earlier this week, David spoke to Andrew Moffat from the Wainess Shuffle podcast ahead of Saturday's game away at Inverness. joined by Andrew Moffat of the Wine Shuffle um, Inverness Cali Fiscal Podcast to talk about this weekend's game against Inverness. Andrew, how are you doing? You all right? Uh, yeah, absolutely pleasure to be to be welcomed on to the second best Thistle Thistle podcast I've heard of from the Championship. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Um, it's nice for the party Thistle to meet the Plastic Thistle podcast. Um, all right, I'll, you, let's end this conversation right now. <laughs> Well, um, it, is, it is the Battle of the Thistles on Saturday, so I wanted to just start by asking about Inverness Cali Thistles' start to the season. It's been a bit of a weird one. I mean, you've won every game 1-0, which, you know, you're top of the table, but, I mean, it's how, how, is it, how have you assessed it so far? Um, in the League Cup, we, we lost 3-1 to Cove, and we drew 2-2 against Sterling Albion. And after the Cove game... Billy Dodds said that he hadn't had time to work on the defence uh, and everybody was obviously flabbergasted by that um, particularly naive comment. Since then, he's had time to work on the defence uh, and we've now had four consecutive 1-0 wins. Um, the best start to a season, one of the best start to seasons we've ever had and possibly the best start to a season we've ever had, certainly in terms of uh, defending. Yeah, and it's kind of an odd one because you would think, well, you know, you've won four games in the bounce, you're top of the league, you're flying high, but one nils aren't the most convincing, you know, victories out there. I mean, I think if you know, for people who haven't been following Inverness Cali Thistle, it very much feels like you go one nil up, you park the bus, and that's it. Would you say that's a fair um, assessment of it, or is there something a bit more behind it? it isn't just all cynical? Um, you know, shithousery to keep a 1-0 lead. To, do, do you feel that they're playing well? Yeah, we are played well. It's it's not it's not park the bus stuff, to be honest. Um, we've either been the best team in in all the games, or certainly it's been like it's been 50-50. The game against our broth, first game of the season, that was that was pretty 50-50. Is you know, you know yourself, it's a particularly hard place to go and win football matches, isn't it? So. Um, yeah, that that was a tough game, but they, we have been we have been good 
in all of the games. We've been worthy of the wins, I would say, in all the games. Although, you know, it's 1-0. If they were draws, then you'd probably say fair enough result as well. But we have not sort of hit the ground running yet. So for us to be top of the table after four games, having not conceded a goal, and we've got a load of players still to really um, hit form. We've got a load of players to come into the team. We played Bucky in the in the Challenge Cup at the weekend, and he made 10 changes there. Everybody came in, and they were all fantastic. And it's the first time in it's the first time we since we've been in the championship, first time since we've been a good Premier League team where we've had a real strength and depth. So that really sort of bodes well for the season going on. So that when this sort of group of players that are in the starting eleven positions at the moment possibly lose some momentum, lose some momentum, we've got another nine or ten guys that are going to come in and hopefully do as good a job, if not better. Have Cali uh, uh, Fisco's aspirations this season been to go for the title, or is this kind of a you know consolidate, go for the playoffs, and it's just been a pleasant surprise where you're top of the table? Has the manager made any sort of inroads about going for the title? Were you expecting this? No, you've heard Dodgy on the radio. He's he's Mr. Pragmatic, isn't he? He doesn't. He's not. He's not prone to hyperbole. Hyperbole. So he um, it's very much sort of game at a time. And I don't think anybody other than um Tommy Wright would be saying we're looking to go for the title, or Kilmarnock fans will say we're looking to go for the title. We're looking to finish in the playoffs. We didn't finish in it last season, because um, of one reason or another, a lot of different variables. But but the squad is good enough to finish top four, and it's it's arguably good enough to be top two so with the experience we've got I think most Cali Hissel fans would expect us to at least be top four this season and um, you obviously mentioned about the squad and the depth that you have is there any sort of key players you expect to really shine on Saturday um the, the, the signings we've brought in this summer of it's been a different summer for, for sort of three different reasons because we've We've had the signings done really early and we've signed for positions that we needed to strengthen and we generally haven't done that in, in the past few summers. And the third sort of most important um, sort of reason behind the additions has been sort of signing boys of real experience. So we've got like Michael Gardine, who he's shown in flashes he's got premier quality. Um, Kirk Broadfoot is, you know, he's actually been excellent at the back. We've got, a, you know, we've got the best defensive league record in Scotland, actually, I checked before going into this. Um, that's a centre partnership of Danny Devine and Kirk Broadfoot, which sounds like some sort of like weird alternate dimension football. But uh, as you can see from the, the league table, it's not. Um, so, yeah, the, de- the defence is is probably key. And we've got, in terms of the fullbacks, it's very much you get about fullbacks getting to defend and rather than fullbacks flying forward and supporting the attack as as most teams are doing so that's the sort of strength and depth well, sorry strength that's allowed us to sort of build our attacks going forward just having that sort of solid four plus a defensive midfielder in front but players to watch out for Manny Duku's been involved in everything going forward he's he's sort of started the season as he started for Wraith Rovers last year had a good first six months of Wraith Rovers last season he's been excellent Shane Sutherland um, another guy who's sort of been told he wasn't good enough at this level um, and was was average at best last season he's been great playing in the hole behind of, of Duku um, and young Roddy McGregor who's just signed a new contract new two-year contract this week one of the he's literally one of the best young talents in Scotland he has been in under 21 squads lucky not unlucky not to be in, in in the squad for this game but he's superb he's a midfielder can play anywhere across uh, the midfield but is best through the middle themselves himself so th- those are probably the guys that are the sort of key players at the moment because those are the guys that are starting with ourselves uh, you know Fissel have to play Inverness and then we play Kilmarnock week after you also play Kilmarnock week before you beat them 1-0 obviously because you've won every game 1-0 
how much emphasis do you put on these sort of triangular games for Inverness, Partick and uh, Kilmarnock? Do, do you feel these are going to be season-defining games or is it a bit too early for you to kind of rush ahead to that? No, we talked about this in our, in our last podcast, Wine and Shuffle podcast, and um, we did, a I think it was our, our season preview where we talked about them and previewed these matches. And we did, we did sort of look at them as season-defining games because regardless of them being sort of first clutch of fixtures, um, if you're aiming to be at the top, then you need to be beating these teams or certainly taking points off of these teams. And we knew that Partick would be good coming up because we saw how good that Wraith were coming up last season. And if you don't lose that many players from your League One winning squad, then you'll still keep that momentum. So we knew that Partick would probably be certainly top half of the table. Um, and Kilmarnock, you've seen the players that Kilmarnock have signed. So, yeah, we just when we went down to Rugby Park, um, I went. It was absolutely amazing to just have experience of going to an away game again. It was absolutely amazing. And to win it was just something else. But um, we thought if we could take a point out of that, then the Partick game would actually be bigger for us than the Kilmarnock game. And as as much as we have beaten Kilmarnock down there, I still think the Partick game is bigger because us having those four wins, we're now going back up the road with a bit of confidence and a bit of momentum ourselves. And there'll be a bigger bigger home crowd, I would I would suspect, although we don't get massive ones, but it'll certainly be bigger than it has been. So it is huge. It's massive. And I think it will be a season definer for, certainly the four games between us will be season definer for both both clubs. Yeah, I think like it's going to be a good it's going to be a good crowd there. I think as well it's it is Inverness away, you know, for you know fan for Thistle fans and you know just people generally down the south. Uh, it is an exotic away day. It's the one that you kind of <laughs> you you circle around in your calendar. Um, it's the one everyone looks forward to. Everybody wants to go to Inverness away. Yes, yeah, so I think we'll, we'll take a lot. We have a very favourable record at Inverness over the last do, couple yeah. of years. Yeah. I've been, I think, two three times, and every time we've won, and it was during seasons where we didn't win a lot as well. And yeah, so um, I think it will definitely there'll be a big there'll be a good crowd there. It'll be a, and it'll be a good game. Saturday is the 20th anniversary of September 11th. Where were you on September 11th, 2001, when you heard the news? Uh, you don't expect this in a football analysis. No, is, is this is this going to be like I don't know? Are, are you going to be talking if if you beat us? Are you going to be referring to Kurt Broadfoot and um, Danny Devine as the twin towers that you toppled? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's 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 a, it's dicey territory, especially you know club podcasts and stuff like that getting any trouble over the weekend. We'll probably steer clear on that one for a wee while because you know you. Know oh, well, that. I quite like the gag, so I'll nick it from my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, I mean, we certainly seen Danny Devine get toppled quite a lot when he played yeah. professional. He's so, been absolutely brilliant this season. He's been our most consistent he player. He, I, I, I generally think he's a twenty-year-old centre centre half who's um, who's been through some some poor form and poor seasons, and he's now coming into the form of his life. Um, I do think he's now developing into a solid defender, but that's not to say. I mean. These boys really haven't had that many mistakes, so they are due a match with mistakes. So if I was a part of this stuff, I'd be, I'd be extremely positive of of um, breaching the being the first team to breach the Inverness defence this season. It w- it would be lovely to be the first team to put one past Danny Devine. How do you feel this t- the Inverness team is going to react to losing their first goal? Do you think it's do you think that like this sort of run when that's broken? Do you see them having the sort of nerve to recover that? It's a good question actually, because I remember when we went one 0 down to Sterling Albion in the in the League Cup, and they just looked like they didn't know what had happened. And then about 
few minutes later, we conceded another one, and they were still sort of trying to work out what had happened. But as I say, that was before dodgy the time to work in the defence. Um, they're all professional footballers, and I don't think that it shouldn't phase them because they're all everybody knows you can concede a goal sooner sooner or later. Um, but usually the thing is with us, if the, if the defence is having a wee ropey spell of that, we've got we've got arguably the best goalkeeper, certainly most consistent goalkeeper for the last few seasons in the league in goals in Mark Ridgers. So the defence is ropey. Ridgers can make make uh, match winning saves. So that's another sort of um, string to our bow. Oh, um, I finally a score prediction for Saturday. Score prediction. Uh, I do, as I say, I do think that you will score. Because uh, you have scored a lot of goals, you've scored ten goals, I think, uh, this season so far. Although what, three were against Morton, three were against Queen of the South, Queen of the South, and three were against Dunfermline. And Peter Grant just doesn't like defending, so I think I think playing against us will be a bit of a dip- different proposition for you. I don't think it'll. I, I think it'll be a really tight game, and I think it could be one-one or two-one either way. And I'm liable, obviously, to go 2-1 for the Highland Jags. But, um, but yeah, thanks again, Andrew. Um, and no bother, David. Again. Right, good to speak to you. All the best for the season, apart from when you're playing us. Cheers, oh, mate. Of course. Catch you. Cheerio. Bye. few positions in the pitch I know we've talked about the goalkeeping position a lot in the last couple of weeks I don't want to go into it in too great detail I take it we're all happy if Jamie Snedden keeps his place nobody want to make a case for Harry Stone no I'm fine with that uh, you stick with Snedden now um, he's deserved his place and he's, he's done well in the two games that he's played um, and it's up to Harry Stone to get himself back in the team when Snedden obviously failed yeah I agree I think we should stick with Snedden and I think you mentioned this two episodes ago Matt about Whoever was in the team for the Morton game needs to have a run until at least Christmas. Um, Snedden's kept a clean sheet in the last two games. I know he's not been overly challenged against Morton. Pulled off some good saves, like David mentioned, against Jan Rock. And yeah, I think he should keep his place and nail that down and not have a constant, you know, many go round of who's in goals. Just keep it with Snedden. And yeah, I don't see any reason to change it. Yep. So just moving on to the defence, David, I know you wanted to talk about. Holt and Akinola, the, the scorers at the weekend, Holt's becoming a bit of a goal machine at the back. It reminds me a wee bit of last season when we almost stumbled across Senna and Brownlee as a partnership just because of injuries. And it sort of happened again this season with Mayo being out, Bell not being 100% fit, McKenna's had an injury. So we've got this partnership of Holt and Akinola. David, is it one you want to stick with long term or can you see Akinola maybe getting pushed back out to the right when Mayo comes comes back into the, the fold? It's a really difficult one because I think Akinola has been superb. Um, his goal on Saturday was fantastic as well. I, like, I, I just cannot see a justification for dropping him on Saturday in favour of Mayo. Mayo's been very good as well, but Akinola's in just such good form at the moment that you can't really drop him. And then you kind of look at 
well, how do you accommodate that? Is it a case of could you punt Holt out to the left and have Mayo and Akinola there? And then letting the right, do you put Forster on the right or do you stick with Gordon? I mean, I, I, I can't pretend that I was, uh, you know, watching Gordon with the same intent as I did maybe against Morton. I can't really comment on how good he was. It was, it was a bit of a weird game, to be fair. It's not really one you want to base somebody's, uh, you know, ability, um, you know, for a position on. But, um, you know, do you, do you go back to Forster right back or do you maybe try and see if Gordon wants to stick there and see what he can do? I, I just... I don't think you can drop Akinola. I think Mayo's in such good form that maybe you're looking at I, I maybe look at punting Holt out to the left. Um, but then it's kind of that thing as well where if you put him out to the left, is he going to be as effective from corners? And it's a whole dice roll to be honest. But I, it's one of those things where we can't get it wrong. I think the next two games are so huge for us where at the end of these two games we will know whether or not we are in a title till if we lose both these games then we can maybe go all right okay maybe no playoffs consolidation whatever if we win both these games you know the hunt is on and i think we can't it's such a delicate decision that i'm glad i'm not making it put that way i think if we're talking about um whole set piece today i don't think that's going to be um, sort of neutered by him playing at left back I think he'll still be as effective from set pieces but I think he has really sort of owned the shot in recent weeks he had a, an off day of growth but I think apart from that in week two he's been, been pretty solid and I can see Akinola getting moved to the right just because Shea Gordon defensively is maybe not as strong and Ricky Foster all of Ricky Foster's Good performances have been come on the left, I think, and most of his bad ones have come on the right. So I'm I'm not too sure he's going to get switched across. I can maybe see Mayo coming in for Gordon and Akinola shunted out to the right. But if if he's if McCall's stuck with the back four, and um, that's played the last couple of games, that wouldn't surprise me either. Jamie, do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, as David said, and as you said as well, Holt could get put to the left, Akinola could get put to the right. I mean, there's also even a potential for Mayo to even get put to the right, because I'm pretty sure he played right back at times with Dunfermline last season. So there's that there's that possibility as well. I think you can't drop Akinola after his performances, but then I also really want to see Mayo come back into the side. So, I mean, but I want Hope to stay at centre-half, so I wouldn't mind Akinola getting moved to the right and keeping Holt and Mayo in the middle. I know it's harsh to Lorden because he hasn't really done anything wrong, but it's going to be a really important game up at Inverness and we need our strongest defence in place. So, I mean, Akinola on the right, probably Mayo and Holt in the middle and Foster on the left. But if not, I could easily see Holt in the left, Mayo and Akinola in the middle and Gordon on the right. I wouldn't be unhappy with that by any means, but it's going to be a real tough decision for him McCall to make a selection headache. Reese, before I bring you in, I just want to say sort of a well done to Shea Gordon because I know we've spoken about players coming into the side and struggling a wee bit because it is really difficult to come into a side when you've not got many minutes in your legs and I think Shea Gordon's done that and in a position where he's not totally familiar and he's acquitted himself really well, maybe not in the most challenging games but even so he's looked pretty good and we're talking about him being dropped as if he is the most dispensable member and he probably is just because it's not his natural position but it would possibly be a bit unfair on him being dropped because he has done really well. But uh, Reese, I'll bring you in. What, what do you think about the defence going forward in the next couple of weeks? Because as David said, we do have two really big games coming up. I think the boys have summed it up perfectly. Um, 
of course, I'd love to see Mayo come back in. I think Mayo's terrific, but Akinola has, has been a revelation. Um, he's not put a single foot wrong yet. Um, he's so good in the air. He's good on the ball. He obviously took his goal really well. He's, he shares a lot of the same qualities that Lewis Mayo has, and it comes back to the same debate that we have with the keepers. Do we play a guy that's on loan from the old firm, or do we play our own player? Do you know what I mean? You can look at it that way, but and it's, it's, as you said, Kevin Holt as well. Like he he's much better at centre half, and we've got this problem where Richard Foster's a right back playing at left back. We've got a left back playing at centre half. Mayo and Akinola can both play at right back, but they're out of position if they play there. It's a bit it's a bit of a mad one, but I think Akinola's got to keep his place. I do think he's a better centre half than he is at right back. He, he could obviously play there, but we don't have as much threat going forward if we're playing a centre-half at right-back. But for the next two games, as you mentioned, it's going to be really games where we've got to dig in. So if it means going a bit more defensive, then so be it. And as Jamie's mentioned, one of the two, whether it's Akinola or Mayo, I think they'll both play next week. It's just up to McCall who's playing at right-back and who's playing at centre-half. But aye, it's a selection headache. And when you think about it, Darren Brownlee's not even on the scene either. So if these players are still about next year, obviously I think Mayo will probably be back at Rangers. It's more of a headache, do you know what I mean? Our best centre-half's not even in the picture at the minute. I know we've spent a long time talking about it, but I think it is a good problem for McCall to have because there has been times in his tenure recently where he's had no options and he's been filling square pegs with round, or filling, uh, round holes with square pegs. So to have these options and with good, possibly our best centre-half out injured at the same time, I think it's a good thing. We've possibly spent so much time talking about the defence because I'm not too sure there is many other positions up for debate. I think Bannigan and Dockery's places are pretty nailed down. We're probably going to see Graham and Rudden play as a front two, and Turner and Tiffany are probably going to take up the other two spots in wide positions. Anyone disagree with those six positions? Would anyone like to see anyone anything different on Saturday? No, I think you just you keep as you've said. Um, Turner's playing out of the position, but he's made it look natural to himself. His deliveries from set pieces are almost invaluable at the minute. Even when he came off the bench at the weekend, I'm sure it was his corner that obviously felt to Holt in the end. And it was his corner as well that Holt put in the back of the net for, and it was actually got rolled out for a high foot. So Kevin Holt should have had two goals at the weekend. It's just such a danger from, his deliveries are such a danger for other teams to defend. And it's it's, it's brilliant because as James mentioned last week, we've not had that in a long time. So Turner's got to start. I know he's kind of he's kind of put out there and Hasty's probably chatting at the door, do you know what I mean? Like, I want to be in the team, I want to start. I've came here to play games, but it's up to, up to him to prove himself from training, up to him to take his chances off the bench to dislodge Turner, because Turner's not put a foot wrong yet, so he, he's he's undroppable at the minute. So I, Hasty and Smith are probably looking to get more starts, but as James mentioned earlier on, Cammy Smith didn't look the greatest at the weekend. He had a lot of missed opportunities. On another day, he could have had a hat-trick. If he took his chances, then You'd say, aye, he's got to start, but I guess he didn't grab it with both hands, so it's, it's up to you to take these chances. Just looking ahead to the game itself then, we've got a pretty decent record up in Inverness. We've won our last two two visits there. We've, we've scored goals whenever we've went up there, really. I remember a 4-0 win, even when we get beat. The last time we get beat, we scored a couple and a 3-2 defeat. But they have started the season very well. They're looking like they're going to be up there. So the question I'm going to ask you all is, will a draw be a good result on Saturday? I don't think it will be a draw. I think we will either lose 1-0 or we will beat them quite comfortably. 
I, I don't see any other outcome from this apart from like us scoring the first goal is so 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 critical. If we can get a goal, we we will probably win. I feel like I'm in for this is actual collapse if we go one nil up. But if they go one nil up, it's going to be a rough rough day. I I'd, I'd take four points out of the two games. Of course he would, but um, so I'd probably take a draw if we were going to beat Kelly. But um, no, I I think we should be beating them. A point probably is a good result after the fact, but I never go into a game saying I'd take a point. I always think we need to win every game. I know you obviously don't, but in the grand scheme of things, a point away in Inverness, not a lot of teams get that, but knowing our record up there as of late, we don't lose many games. and we've, I think we've beat them two in a trot up there, so I think it'll be a new record for ourselves. Three away wins to Inverness if we manage to do it at the weekend. Um uh, as David said, their arse will collapse if we go a goal up because every game they've played this season, they've scored and they've camped in. They've won every game 1-0. So it'll be interesting to see how they drag to go on a goal behind. I think it, the next two weeks will obviously play a massive factor on how the league's going to pan out. We could lose both games and end up bombing it a wee bit or it could go the other way and we could be flying and we're the ones to catch. Here's hoping. I think... Up. A, de- a point's definitely not a bad result up there, and I don't think anyone's going to come back and say, oh, that's a shocking result, what's happened. But a win, obviously, would be massive for us. It would be huge because it would likely send us top, and it would just be a fantastic result for us to get. I think it's going to be a really tight game, and I know uh, I think I've got to break it. I'll say it'll be 2-1 either way. Obviously, I'm, I'm going to say 2-1 first. We'll be going to ask for predictions, and I'm never going to predict us to lose. But I think whoever scores first is going to be it's going to be huge. Like sorry to be mentioned. Yeah, I think it's been an incredibly tight game though. I think for me with Inverness, I think as we says, you know they they go one 0 up and they just camp in and they they hunker down and you know grind the result out. With the creativity and the firepower we have at the moment, when you look at Tiffany on the left, Turner on the right with his set pieces, you've got Holt just floating about, you know, scoring goals for fun at centre back. You've got Banzo and Doherty who can control the game to get a goal. You've got Rudd in there as well. We we should have enough to to break them down. This that's a real character building game for us on Saturday. Is against this team, do we have enough to, to you know break into the fortress Inverness and get the goal that we need? Because again, I think the key is getting that goal. If we get that goal, I think we'll unlock the door and we'll be we'll be all good. But I think we have enough about us where we can get that goal. We need Darius and Abak, the Callis player. But see his performance up there when we won three <laughs> one recently. That was the best. Well, it's got to be one of the best individual performances I've seen from a guy in a jig shot. It was frightening that day. Could have had a hat trick easily, and he just tormented their defence for ninety minutes straight. But that's the thing with Zanata. He's one of them once in every ten fifteen games. My concern about about Saturday is David Omo is Danny Devine. I've got huge, huge fear about Danny Devine uh, coming back to Honus. See, I, I can sort of tolerate players who are good for us coming back to Honus. It's when players who are like offensively shite coming back and doing things against us it's what gets me worked up. When Danny Devine had the cheek to score a goal against us in that 3-0 at Eastern Park, after like not even coming, coming close to scoring for us in two years, that, that was disgraceful. It's always the honking players that have got the most to say. They always pipe up after the game, like, oh, enjoyed that one, fucking celebrating in front of your fans. Like, you, do, you didn't yeah. kick your own ass for two years, wasn't it? I mean? And then you, you moan because Fizz will let you go. 
Anyway, we'll see Mr. Divine Saturday. We look forward to it. So we'll move on to Partridge Thistle this week. And as it's been a week of podcasts, dragging up some old tweets, we are going to ask our panellists, what online post of yours are you most embarrassed by? So, David, I will start with you. Right, I'll preface this by saying when I was a kid, right, I was I was very much into my heavy metal and I was very vocal about it and I, I had opinions and I have friends who still have those opinions but I've mellowed out and realised that I was just a dick when I was younger. And combine that with, I seem to remember, I got Facebook quite a bit after everybody else, um, mainly because I was quite stubborn. And it was, around, do you remember when, um, when Facebook, like, like early on and it would be people would post and it would be like say David Forrest is da 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 and you do your comments you would do it as if your name was like the start of the sentence or like Matt Greer is having a great time watching Fissile play against Morton or whatever so I, every yeah. so often I'll get I'll get um, a combination of um, a wanky latest metal post that's just quite embarrassing and is well formatted in the word David Forrest is fucking raging at how shite the new Lamb of God album is. Stuff like that. Um, there's quite a few of them. And I love Facebook memories for it because it comes up and you just go, oh, no, and you just delete it and it's gone. And then, you know, uh, hand in heart, I'll never find out about my uh, latest metal past. Jamie, any shockers from your past we need to tell your employers about? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I didn't have Twitter until 2019, so there's no dodgy posts really when I was younger I mean there's probably some cringy Instagram memes or something which I've archived but I'll try and make it Thistle related I'm pretty sure back in 2013 I was so buzzed about Hecon McKendy signing on loan from Liverpool that I posted it on Instagram because as I said I didn't have Twitter back then and obviously he went on to be an absolute club legend making a grand total of one appearance uh, in the cup he's there off the bench I remember his first touch was being offside I don't think he touched the ball for the rest of the game and never played again, so yeah, he was definitely worth the Instagram post. Reese. Yeah, I've actually got one this week. Normally, I, I struggle with this, but when I seen you, seen you tell us what the question was going to be, I've done, I've done my digging, and I, rem- I remember this one. It was a year before we won the league, 2011-12 season, and we were under Jackie McNamara, right? and so at this point, I was 11, 12 years old, um, and I'll, I'll just read out the stats for you. It's quite, quite lengthy, but you'll enjoy it. Right, throughout all the time I've supported Partick Thistle, the Jags, the Harry Rags, this has got to be one of our worst spells this year so far. And even though we are fourth in the league, we have lost our last two games 1-0, considering our goal in the last four minutes. And to make matters worse, our captain will possibly be suspended for three games after a straight red last night. We need to be done dating next week to have a chance at anything, as we are out of all competitions. But if we step things up, we still have a chance of promotion and the first division needs a playoff system. We need a change. McNamara out before things get worse. Way too, way too defensive. <laughs> and that was such an overreaction. Do you know how you see, like, Fissel Daz, like, and I'm not, like, I'm 22 now. I wrote this when I was 12. It's like 10-year-olds. Um, when I see people, like, young kids, no, no young kids, like 16, 17-year-olds post things about Fissel, and I'm like, mate, shut up. Like, what are you talking about? So I was, like, 12 when I wrote this, and I'm thinking, fuck me. Like the one of the worst spells that I've ever supported them in. Like, well, we're fourth in the league, but back then fourth was just as good as ninth. Do you know what I mean? Like, there was no playoffs. Like, if you didn't finish first, or if you weren't first by Christmas time, you had no chance of winning the league. Do you know what I mean? So it was just there was nothing to play for. Every game, 
And I think, we'd, as I've said, we lost 1-0 two weeks in a row, two late goals. And we were quite boring, and we just we drew with Kilter away and stuff. Like, McNamara's jacket was on a, a shaky peg for a, a wee bit, but obviously it was building for the future, wasn't it? And that paid off next season. So a wee bit of an overreaction for me, but you expect that from the young fans. Um, you were spot on. Ten-year-old, uh, 12-year-old you was spot on about the playoff system, though. Good shout at, at that age. Um, can I um, put in just because obviously we've all obviously mentioned all uh, this stuff apart from me I would like to say most embarrassing social media post wasn't by me but it was in fact by you Matt on the way to Dingwall when you posted my uh, gluten free toast and jam and then that Celtic forum found out about it but they basically they, they just I just got hundreds of online abuse in this forum that my friend uh, kindly linked me to when we went 4-0 down uh, so that was quite I was a, a rough day at the office for me that day so I'll go with that one that was an embarrassing day all around if you're looking for embarrassing tweets and online just party thistle tweeting full time in the highlands and it's Ross County for party thistle now I'd say it's like quite already like that should get you sacked by your current employers I'd say for me I spent about six months in 2018 or well five months in early 2018 just saying they'll be fine we'll take 11th we'll win the playoff the championship's a shy league this year uh, we'll beat any of those teams that come second to fourth, and of course, we didn't. So, you know, we'd love to go back and delete about 100 tweets saying, don't worry, 11th will be fine. We'd take 11th, but um, aye, no ideal. Trust the process, it. Matt. Trust the process. Exactly, exactly. As always, thanks for joining us on this week's Draw, Lose or Draw. We'll be back next week to look back on, hopefully, another win up in the Highlands and a look ahead to a home game against Kilmarnock, another big one. I've been joined by Rhys Aldane, Jamie McDonald and David Forrest. Stay safe and buy a season ticket.